Humidity is at 68%. RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Bill Robertson. The top stories, there's more criticism of the government's plan for over 150 new community centres. The head of LegCo's finance committee rules out rescheduling controversial requests to expedite approval. And Mexico reaches a deal on migrants with the US to avert punishing tariffs. The chairman of the Elderly Commission, Lam Ching Choi, has denied that the government is being unfair to certain districts in its $20 billion plan to buy properties over the next three years and turn them into community service centres. Some district representatives, such as those in Taipo, have complained that they have only been allocated a handful of these new facilities, despite heavy demand and the relatively large population in their districts. But Mr Lam, who is also an executive councillor, says the uneven distributions of the 158 new facilities is only natural. Demand is obviously one of the important factors, but the number of existing services is also another one. Even the government would like to purchase facilities, whether they are available one will be an important factor. After considering all these, maybe we'll see some uneven distribution, but I believe it is quite natural. If we eventually can provide adequate services to every individual district, it won't be unfair. So it's a mix of purchased facilities and the uh, facilities which were being planned years ago. But Tselai Chan from the Society of Community Organization says the government should rethink the distribution of the new facilities. She says, for example, it plans to set up three childcare centers in Saikung when similar services in that district aren't fully used, and many well-off families there can afford to hire domestic helpers. Existing childcare centre, there are some uh, districts, for example in uh, Sunshepo, Guntong or the North district, they already fully occupied. Those districts, the family, the, the children, they need more the childcare service. If the government purchased property to set up the centre, they should look to the existing uh, service distribution, the needs of these people in these different districts. Former Justice Minister Elsie Leung has defended the government's planned changes to extradition laws, saying the bill has been politicised and demonised. She says the matter isn't that complex and there has been adequate discussion since the government introduced its proposal. Ms Leung, who is also a former vice-chairwoman of the Basic Law Committee, says it's beyond reason for people to oppose the changes and let criminals run free simply because they don't trust the mainland legal system. The chairman of LegCo's finance committee, Chan Kin Por, says he's hoping to hold about 40 hours of extra meetings to clear a backlog of several dozen funding requests before LegCo's summer break. Mr Chan described the situation as quite critical and hoped his committee can speed up vetting. He stressed that he would reserve adequate time for more controversial items, such as the $550 million request for a feasibility study to build a large artificial island off Lantau. But Mr Chan says pushing the controversial items to the back of the agenda won't help speed up vetting because all pending items are urgent. All these items are really related to the people of Hong Kong so that they can have all these hospital and all these different livelihood issues. I actually have discussed with the government see whether we should be supporting items. But those uh, controversial ones will be dealt with in the next two or three weeks. So after that, I'm quite confident that the other members would be more relaxed. So they shouldn't spend too much time on that. So I'm quite confident. The US and Mexico have reached a deal aimed at stopping a surge in migrants trying to cross their border. President Donald Trump said as a result Washington was suspending its threat to impose tariffs on Mexican goods. BBC's Chris Buckler reports from Washington. 
After three days of talks at the White House, an 11th-hour deal has been reached by Mexican and American negotiators. In a post on Twitter, President Trump said that Mexico had agreed to put in place strong measures to stem the tide of migrants making their way from Central America to the U.S. border. And in return, the United States says a series of escalating tariffs will not now be placed on Mexican imports from next week. U.S. border officials say they detained more than 130,000 people crossing from Mexico last month. Tensions between the U.S. and Turkey have sharpened as Washington increases pressure on Ankara over its plans to buy a Russian missile defence system. The acting U.S. Defence Secretary, Patrick Shanahan, has written to his Turkish counterpart warning that the deal would undermine the country's ties with NATO, hamper its relationship with the U.S. and hurt its economy. We do so much important work together. They're a strategic partner. And the letter is, what are the next formal steps as they make a decision to purchase an S-400? The offer that we've made to uh, Turkey on Patriot is very, very competitive. And so I just wanted to make sure that the dialogue is open and clear so that we can find a solution. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. A conservation charity says European fishing fleets have overfished yellowfin tuna in the Indian Ocean. Callum Roberts, a professor of marine biology at York University in the UK, says the situation is becoming critical. The stock is seriously depleted at the moment and uh, is in decline as a result of overfishing. So if we continue to fish it like this, then it will come to the point where the stock is at high risk of collapse. The British-based Blue Marine Foundation has urged people not to buy yellowfin tuna, saying customers aren't being told the fish are being caught in an unsustainable manner. The American space agency, NASA, says it's opening up the International Space Station to private citizens from next year, ending a long-standing ban on space tourism. The station's deputy director said there would be up to two private astronaut missions a year, each lasting up to 30 days. NASA's chief financial officer, Jeff Dewitt, gave more details about the cost of staying at the ISS. If a private astronaut is on station, they will have to pay us while they're there for the life support, the food, the water, um, things of that nature. So the two companies right now that can do it are Boeing and SpaceX. And so they would have to contract with them and whatever prices Boeing and SpaceX set is on them. But then when they get to station, there will be a cost back of the napkin. It would be roughly about $35,000 a night per astronaut. A former police officer in the U.S. state of Minnesota has been sentenced to 12 and a half years in jail for shooting dead an unarmed Australian woman. Mohammed Noor killed Justine Ruschek Damond in 2017. She'd called police to report a possible rape in an alley behind her home, but was shot as she approached the patrol car. In his defence, Noor said he opened fire because he feared that he was being ambushed. He told the sentencing committee he was deeply sorry for his mistake. I will think about Ms. Ruschek and her family forever. The only thing I can do is try to live my life in a good way going forward. The moment I pulled the trigger, I felt fear. When I walked around, I saw Ms. Ruschek dying on the ground. I felt horror. Seeing her there, I knew in an instant that I was wrong. 
sport now, and the first match of the Women's Football World Cup in France has ended with a comfortable victory for the host nation. In a sold-out stadium in Paris, France beat South Korea 4-0. Over the next month, 24 teams will compete to become world champions. From Paris, here's the BBC's Alex Capstick. After a low-key build-up in Paris over the past few days where there's been little evidence the World Cup was about to open, the tournament burst into life in a raucous, vibrant Parc de Prince. Roared on by a sell-out crowd of 45,000, the host nation made the perfect start, blowing away opponents who were completely outclassed. The French women are hoping to emulate their male counterparts by becoming world champions, and on this display they'll be hard to stop. The World Cup has been described as a potential turning point in the women's game, and this was an occasion to suggest that's a distinct possibility. Tennis and at the French Open in Paris, the King of Clay, Rafael Nadal, has powered past his old rival, Roger Federer, inflicting the worst Grand Slam defeat Federer has suffered in over a decade. The BBC's Jim Lumsden was watching. Sport thrives on rivalries, but few are as compelling as Federer versus Nadal. 37 Grand Slams between them, but on clay, this is the land of Rafa, and he took the first set 6-3. The wind howled around court. Philippe Chatrier, Federer could try to draw strength from the fact that he'd overcome Nadal in the past five meetings, but never at Roland Garros. Soon the second set went the way of the first, this time 6-4. The two men seemed to raise their high-velocity game for each other, but this was to be an Adal masterclass. The Swiss just couldn't keep up with the Mallorcan, who continues to thrash his way to a record-extending 12th French Open title. It was Federer's first visit to Roland Garros since 2016, and at 37 years old, could it be his last? And to end the news, the top stories once again. There's more criticism of the government's plan for over 150 new community centres. The head of LegCo's Finance Committee rules out rescheduling controversial requests to expedite approval, and Mexico reaches a deal on migrants with the US to avert punishing tariffs. That's the news from RTHK. Radio. Welcome to this week's edition of World Vibes with myself, Pierre Rondé, in the chair till 3 p.m. This week we have two musical themes on offer. First, our featured album from Burkina Faso Balafon Virtuoso Canazoe and his orchestra, as well as hot new hits from a lot of places on the planet. As always, Giovanotti says it so well in Italian, we're still the belly button of the world. And we start off with the first of our two musical themes, our featured album, Tolonso, from the Canazoi Orchestra. They have quite a story. Tolonso is their second album. There are six musicians in the orchestra, led by Sedu Diabate from Burkina Faso. And uh, his nickname is Canazoi, ergo the name of the band, Canazoi Orchestra. Tolonso, the second album, is the name of his birth village in Burkina Faso. And uh, from that... The village has also meaning. It's uh, translatable as a uh, house of joy or where we party. <laughs> I guess that must mean uh, pretty much the same thing. To party is to be happy. And therefore, Tolonso, name of the second album, with uh, a mult an international band, the Kanozoe Orchestra, six members, 
who come from quite a few places on the planet, from South America to East Europe, and the list goes on. They mix and blend traditional Malinke music, especially with the balafon, which guides them. It's a sort of a, of a West African version of the marimba with calabash underneath the wooden slats uh, to give them 